Praise the Lord. Uh, today, uh, across, <laughs> um, and, and so I don't forget, because I want to I I share something in 2 Corinthians about today. Next week is Orphan Sunday, and uh, uh, Jim Lewis's mother, um, and with Labor of Love, and, and with Debbie Cornwell and Beyond Uganda, have partnered together, and, and they have, uh, Jim's going to share next week about Hazel's Kids. Some of y'all remember uh, last year, you know, they shared, and some of you are sponsoring and supporting some, some, some kids, and I just want to thank you for that, because you're sowing into their life. You're, you're sowing into their future, and, and, and so next week, Jim's going to share a little bit about that and give opportunity for you to, for you to do that, and guys, that's that, see, that's, that's giving above your tithe, and, and that's sowing seed into somebody else. That's just a, a tremendous thing. And so next Sunday, I want you to be here and, and come ready to just hear the Lord. Don't feel any pressure. If Jim kind of puts your arm behind your back and says, you better do, no, don't, don't feel any pressure. But be open because God might be connecting you, and it might be a season for you to say, you know what, we need to step out. And, and, and I want to say this too. Somebody say, well, I can't afford, we can't afford to give. We, we can't afford to give anything. I totally understand that. Totally understand that. But if you don't have a functional budget to where, to where your stewardship is an operation, then you don't even know what you can afford. Because your money's going to its, the, your money's just going away to things that you don't even know where it's going to. That's, a, that's not a good steward. It's not a good steward. So you need to understand where, where the money's going. Have a plan. Have a, have a some, whether it's in your head, on paper, on back of a napkin, something. Have a, a budget where you're honoring the Lord. And, and see, then you know what you can afford. And stewardship, I'm, oh, it's just such a cool thing with stewardship. Because when you see the Lord in heaven, like Deborah McCann, who was a giver, She's standing before the Lord, and she's receiving a reward for her stewardship. See, it's not about how much you have or how little you have. It's what you do with what you have. It's what you do with what you have. And today, I want to read a scripture to you. Um, Second, uh, Second Corinthians. Let me find my Jesus glasses. Second Corinthians 4. Look in verse uh, 7, starting in verse 7. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power of, of God made... Let me start again. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are, this is the Apostle Paul talking, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. I'm going to stop right there because this is a day across the world where churches are praying for the persecuted believers. And I was asking the Lord early this morning, um, Lord, what do you want us to pray? 
What do you want us to pray for the believers around the world who are being persecuted? And there's different levels of persecution. There's people being persecuted and being murdered and people who are being persecuted by being put in prison. And some of you have been persecuted on Facebook. Oh, how hard is life? (laughs) And so I'm not talking about being persecuted because of dumb stuff that you do. Sometimes people say, I'm being persecuted when it's really consequences. I'm talking about you're walking with the Lord, you're, 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 doing, you're, you're, you're walking in the right direction, and, and, and because of the Lord. not Because some people defend the Lord, but defend him in an ungodly or unloving or arrogant way, and they feel like they're being persecuted, and what they need to do is just change their tone. I'm talking about those that you're being persecuted for walking with the Lord. You may be persecuted and whatever level of persecution it is, the Lord knows all of it. When, when the, when the apostle Paul, before he was the apostle Paul was Saul, y'all remember on the road uh, to Damascus, Jesus, Paul uh, or Saul was the one persecuting many believers. And Jesus, when he confronted Saul said, Saul, Why are you persecuting me? So every believer who suffers persecution at any level, the Lord knows. And I like what Paul said here, persecuted, but not forsaken. So I want you to join me in prayer this morning as we pray for maybe anybody in this room who feels like you've suffered persecution, anybody in the city who feels like you suffered persecution for the Lord, or anybody in the world, families who have been through tragic things and who are being held prisoner and being tortured and being lied about and all kinds of things, physically, emotionally, verbally, financially, career-wise, being separated from their families, all kinds of stuff happening, but you don't hear about it in the news. I want us to pray this morning for them, and I want us to come into agreement to pray that they would sense the nearness of the Lord, that the grace of God would be sufficient for them, and the presence of God and the joy of the Lord would be an ever-present help in the time of their trouble. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we come together and we ask... Um, for your help in knowing how to pray for these brothers and sisters around the world who are being persecuted. They're being silenced. They're being imprisoned. They're being tortured. They're being intimidated. Their families are being separated. Husband and wife are being separated. Children from their parents. And Father, we just ask in Jesus' name, in accordance with your word, that they would not be forsaken. That they would not be forsaken. That you are with them, God. You're angels. We declare angels to go forth around them and to be with them, God. To be a light. Even as Richie preached last week about the in that prison, how praise begin to change the atmosphere. Lord, we pray for miracles to happen. We pray for your power to come forth. We pray to show yourself strong on their behalf, God. 
that you would be a shield about them, a wall of fire about them, and that they wouldn't yield and fall into the darkness and the lies and those evil suggestions of the enemy. But they would stand. Having done all, they would stand to honor you and that you would be with them and you would strengthen them, God. And they would be people of faith. We pray their faith does not fail. And when they return, may they strengthen their brethren. And Father, we we pray over this group of people, some of them who the world is not even worthy of. And we pray your peace, your presence, and your love over them. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Let me make sure I don't have anything else. I don't think I do. So what I want you to do is open your Bible to numbers. Numbers. We're going to be in the Bible a minute. And I'm um, numbers chapter six. I had a whole nother idea in a sermon I was going to share with you today about humility about humbling yourself. Oh, what a fun sermon. (laughs) And I may do that. I may do that some other time. But the reality is um, the Lord's been talking to me about Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6 about the blessing of the Lord. We all know, we all know that through what we've studied in what God has, in, in all the things God has blessed us to be and blessed us to do. We talked about the five things God's blessed us to do. If you remember that, that we are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. The blessing of the Lord is not about you. If the blessing of the Lord in your life ends with your life, then you have misunderstood the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord, you are blessed to be a blessing. You are a receiver to be a representative, to be a distributor. What God does in you, he wants to do through you. God reaches one to reach many. And the children of Israel, um, they, they made the mistake of thinking we're the chosen people. God chose us. See, God chose Abraham to, to reach a nation. God chose a nation to reach all nations. But that nation that God chose, many people in that nation had the mentality of uh, a self-centered mentality of when they, they understood that God chose them and that God loved them and God wanted to bless them, they were like, well, sure, who? Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want to bless me? I'm all that in a bag of chips. And they didn't realize that God's blessing was not uh, primarily about them, but God using them and leveraging them to bless somebody else. And so God wanted to reach a nation to reach all nations, but that one nation misunderstood it, got about a quarter inch off, and what ended up happening was they began to see themselves better than every other nation, which limited their ability and their availability for God to use them to reach every nation. So God had to then bypass, go reach some other people, And had to bypass the people he was choosing to use at first. Because God wants his will to be accomplished. And Christians today make the same mistake. 
We're so desperate. Lord, we need you. I'm in so much pain. Isn't it funny how when bad things are happening, oh, Lord Jesus. And if you look back at times where you're like, we, we got to go to church today, babe. We got, we got to go to church. It's usually in times of chaos. Times of blessing, ah, we go to the lake today. And, 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 and then what happens is we end up somewhere along the way when we're, when we're in a, a bunch of pain, we cry out to the Lord and we make it about us and God is faithful and God is good. But then when, things, when, the, when the pain goes away and the pressure goes away, we, we no longer make it about God. We keep making it about us and God, we limit God's ability to use us to reach other people. Because if we were as concerned about somebody else's pain as we were about our pain, we'd be more available to God. And so with that in mind, looking at Numbers chapter 6, what did I do? There it is. Okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> Front row, y'all going to help me when I lose stuff. Y'all going to have to help me. Numbers chapter 6. This is a prayer. Well, you'll see what it is. Numbers chapter 6, look at verse 22. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron. So everybody say speak. speak. So the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, this is the way you, you, so who's the you referring to? In, in that text, just in that text, who's it referring to? Aaron and his sons. So God spoke to Moses. This is delegating, divine delegation. So he's delegating. He says, God says, you I speak to Moses. Moses, you speak to Aaron and his sons, and that Aaron and his sons now speak. Aaron and his sons, uh, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them. Say to them. Recently, those three words jumped off the page at me, and God got my attention. And I'm going to read the rest of this, but I'm going to come back to say to them. And this is what he said to say to them, the Lord, Yahweh, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they, they shall, notice this, so they shall. Most of my life I've read that scripture, so I will, like God was doing it. But it said they. You know, God delegates some awesome responsibility to his people. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. This is the, what's called the high priestly blessing. Blessing. But what I want to show you real quick is, is it's not just for a high priest. I'm going to come back to the say to you in a minute, but I want to show you it's not just for a high priest. I want to, I want to show you something about, about this blessing. Let's see, Lord Jesus, where is that verse at? Um, go to, uh, hold your place there, but go to Deuteronomy. Make a right and go to Deuteronomy chapter 10. Bible is a good book, y'all. Oh, I love hearing your pages turn. Deuteronomy chapter 10 and, and before I unpack the blessing part that what I want to share with you today, I want you to see this aspect of it. Because it's not just for the high priest. Some of you could, could read that and think, okay, that's what the pastor's supposed to do. 
The pastor's supposed to say this blessing. I, I get where you're going, Pastor John. I get where you're going. This is what the pastor should do. So I want you, I want you to see this. Verse 8. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 8. And when you got it, say got it. And at that time, the Lord, and by the way, what he's saying about at that time, if you read in context, he's talking about after Aaron, the high priest, had died. And, and listen to me. Too many Christians shrivel up and fail to fulfill all that God has assigned them to do. Because they put too much trust in a pastor, too much trust in a nomination, too much trust in a teacher. And when that pastor, teacher, denomination moves to another church, does something different, whatever, they're offended. And then, and, and then it's like some people, when, when COVID broke out, we couldn't meet anymore on Sunday morning. And people are like, what, what am I supposed to do? And I was, I was confused by that when people asked, what am I supposed to do? What do you mean what are you supposed to do? Open the word. But the problem is, the problem is many people don't know how to do that themselves. And so many people's connection to God is their pastor, which God gives you a pastor to teach you and train you and equip you. That's amazing. But don't make your pastor your God. You really don't want me as your God. That, that will get old quick, I promise you. But what, what happened is Aaron, Aaron had died. And, and, and many times when, when, somebody does, when, when somebody leaves in some kind of ministry or even in your workplace, when there's a change and somebody else is brought in, it, there's a tendency of like, oh, no, because we put so much trust in things and in people. And we got to recognize that our hope is the Lord. Like, like right now, every four years we go through this, guys, we got these things of, oh, the election and all this kind of stuff. And I know it's important. I know there's a lot of stake. And by the way, go vote. Go vote. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Jesus is Lord. Yes. At the end of the day, I represent him. And a lot of people who I see get passionate about politics, which is good. Praise the Lord. Knock yourself out. The Lord calls people to do different things. But I just wish they would get passionate about Jesus that way. People ain't shared their faith with one person in 10 years and they're out trying to get somebody to vote. Something's wrong with that. And we can't put our trust in a person or a party. Amen. We've got to put our trust in the Lord and, and then we've got to be good stewards of that and vote responsibly and all that stuff. But Aaron had died. And then here's what God said when this transition kind of happened. Aaron had died. And you look down in verse 8. And at that time, the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord and to stand before the Lord to minister to him. So that's number one, to stand before the Lord, to minister to him and to bless in his name. 
So two things that they were supposed to do, the priest of the Lord, two things that they were supposed to do, and not just the high priest, but all the priests, two things that they were supposed to do. Number one was what? To stand before the Lord, to minister to the Lord, to worship the Lord. That means you're bringing something to the Lord. And and the way that we visualize that here in in this place is that that from here, from this place, I'm bringing something to the Lord. I'm not bringing something to the pulpit. I'm bringing something to the throne. And whether I'm on, on the worship team or whether I'm in the pew, it doesn't matter. I'm a worshiper. And so every believer, not just the pastor, not just the priest, every believer, every believer has a responsibility to first stand before the throne of God and minister to him. You, you minister to him. Sometimes that's singing, it's lifting your hands, it's, it's blessing the Lord. It it's, could look a number of different ways, but the, the point is that God is saying, I don't want just Aaron or Pastor John and Sarah. I don't want them or just a worship team ministering to me. Oh, yeah, Richie's voice sounds nice. Praise her. Don't we all wish we could sing like Richie? He doesn't want just Richie blessing the Lord. He wants even my voice. To bless his holy name. Now you might not want to hear my voice blessing the Lord. But the Lord wants to hear my voice blessing the Lord. And I may not be comfortable. I may not be comfortable standing in church. I may be awkward. I don't know how to bless the Lord. I don't know what that looks like. But it is your responsibility as a believer and disciple of Christ to get comfortable with blessing the Lord. Your first responsibility in talking about the blessing of the Lord, the first responsibility that positions you to walk in the blessing, to delegate the blessing, to be able to say, to other people all flows out of what you say and hear from him and your ability to come to him because if you're timid and awkward and standing before him then you'll be timid and awkward and standing before them and what God is saying is I've made a place for you and I want you yes even you I want you to come before me come before me with a song come before me lifting up your hands come before me with a praise come before me kneeling before me come before me with thanksgiving and praise on your heart bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me bless his His holy name, that God gets excited when you and I walk in our responsibility of standing before the Lord. I know we're in faith center. I know we're in a church. And it's good that we're here. But don't let the routine of church defile your praise. You stand before the Lord. Your tithe goes to the Lord. I tell you what, I don't like Pastor John. I don't like what he said. I don't like, I think I'm going to stop tithing. You better check yourself. Because you ain't tithing to me. And if you are, you need to repent. Your tithe is to the Lord. Your praise is to the Lord. What has to happen before you stop praying? Oh, I don't like that song. I don't like that style. I wish we had, I wish we had more of this. Or I wish we sang these kind of songs. I w- 
Your praise goes, goes to the Lord. You stand before him and every single person in this room, whether you can sing or not, whether you can carry a tune in a bucket or not, whether, whether you feel comfortable with it or not, whatever kind of church your mama raised you in, all that is beside the point. I'm telling you right now in Jesus' name, if you want to be connected to the blessing of the Lord in your life, the first thing you're going to have to understand is he's made you a priest. He's made you a minister. And you are the worship team. You are the worship team. We ain't giving you a microphone, but you are. You are the worship team. You are the worship team. And if you're sitting here worried about what everybody else is going to think, what everybody else is going to say, you are focused on the wrong thing. So you got to get your mind right and you got to say, I am before the Lord. Lord God, I thank you. I praise you. I dishonor you. You begin to bless the Lord. You take the words of the songs that we're singing and you sing them to the Lord. You bless the Lord. It's not a Christian concert. It's not a place for us to be edified. Listen to me. It's not a place for us to be edified. It's not a place for us to be lifted up. It's a place to lift him up. Now, in doing that, we are edified. But it's not going to a Christian concert to where the worship team does all the work. It's coming. And I just just sense this, this overall reaching thing about the blessing of the Lord is the Lord is, I believe he's wanting us to be positioned. I believe right now he's wanting us to be positioned to really check, to really check how, how and where we're standing, to check um, our, our focus and, and what, we're, what we're looking at and to really check us to make sure we are positioned to be the people that carry his blessing. Because his blessing doesn't come from a Democrat. His blessing does not come from a Republican. It doesn't come from a Libertarian. It doesn't come from the White House. It comes from the White Throne. And we are the people of God. We are the disciples of Christ. We have been given a name that is above every name. And we of all people must learn not to be distracted, not to be influenced by the world around us, but to be able to, if there's one place that we should have boldness to come to, if there's one place that we should be fearless to come to, it should be the throne of our Father, the throne of grace. He's given his life for us. Who cares if you like the song? Who cares if you like the style? Who cares if you like the team? Who cares if you like the pastor? What what matters is, do you love the Lord? Do you love the Lord? Well, pastor, you don't understand the circumstances I'm going. Good grief. If you choose that mentality, you're never going to praise the Lord. If you're going to wait till you feel like it, You're never going to praise the Lord. So the reality of who who can say and release the blessing of the Lord, who can do it? It's any priest of God, which which means New Testament looking forward. It's anyone who's a believer in Christ. You're a priest of God. No, I ain't no priest. You're a priest. You're a priest and a king, actually. You're a royal priesthood. And so in this reality... Your first responsibility is to stand before the Lord. Because when you get comfortable, and it's a, it's a process, y'all. 
I remember the first time in church when I was sitting there and I was at this one church and, and I, the, the, this whole long story. See, I was discipled by some crazy Christians. Anybody ever met some crazy Christians? That just, they were fearless. They were, so I went to church and got like messed up. But like, y'all don't know the people I talk to. And so everyone was all, all you know, prim and proper. And, and I don't know how to act. I was scared. I don't know how to act in the institution of church. You know, I like I liked the, just the street style that we were used to. And so I remember one time in church, I, was, I saw everybody, and I just felt this pressure of like standing there. But that's not how I usually prayed. It's not how I usually praised. And so finally, I was like, I forget it. I'm just going to be me, man. I'm going to let this thing fly. <laughs> I'm sounding like I was so bold. I was really, you know, it was real slow. Just one little hand first. Not even all the way up, but right there. Took a little bit for the other one to come kind of meet it and stuff. And I'm sitting there, but I felt like this, ugh. And, and after service, somebody made this, this one guy made a comment. Made a comment about, I don't, I don't remember exactly what the comment was, but made this comment about me raising my hand. I got so insecure. I got so insecure that for a couple more weeks, I, I kept going to church, but I, I, did, I went right back to this like, and I was like bottled up. And, and, and I'll tell you, for me, what happened is I got baptized in that church. And when I was baptized in that church, I kind of just made a decision of like, I'm all in, man. I'm all in. And after being baptized, it changed for me. It was like, I'm no longer worrying about, I'm no longer worrying about anybody else. I'm going to come before the Lord. And so I'll just, I'll lift my hands and I'll start. I don't lift my hands to get attention from you. I don't sing out to get attention from you. Even though I could make a record if I wanted to, if I had Richie sing on it. <laughs> I don't want to get attention for you. My attention is on him. So if I'm doing things to get attention, that's my problem. But if I'm doing things unto the Lord, then you know what? You let it go. And you just, you just worship him. It started changing my life. And you know what it started doing? It started affecting how I was receiving the word. I started getting more revelations from God. Stuff started coming off the word. God started using me more. This is what I want to tell you. I can take you through a lot of scriptures and a lot of stories. But here's what I'll say. When you commit yourself to say, when you commit yourself to be, when you commit yourself to walk in your God-given responsibility to worship the Lord with, with holiness and with beauty and with courage to come and not to put on a show, but to come before him and, 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 and just, just bless him. Just bless him. And if that means you fall on your face, you fall on your face. And if it means you dance, you dance. If it means you cry, you cry. If it, whatever it means, you don't do something to, to get attention, but you bless the Lord. You bless, your heart is upon him. Your words coming out of your mouth. You actually sing and you bless him. And when you do that, not only in church, but, more, but even more than that at home and in your car. I sing better in my car, I sing anywhere else. When you, when, you, when you bless him there, suddenly you know what it's like to live under the influence of the throne. And you're comfortable going there. Then with anywhere you go in life, you don't have to be intimidated because you already know how to go to the throne. You know you've been with the Father and the Father's with you. And so the first part, the first part of walking in the blessing of the Lord, positioning, positioning your life, positioning your life to 
to not just have the blessing, because we have the blessing through faith in Jesus Christ. We have the blessing, but to steward that blessing. Because if you could steward all that you already have in Christ, your life would be totally different. Your experience would be different. You have a blessing that some of us don't know how to experience. And part of that reason, the foundation of that reason is we don't know how to come before him. Circumstances change us. Circumstances keep us coming before him. And every time we gather in this house, I don't care if we do worship first, worship last, worship in the middle, or worship all night long. I don't care when we worship, how we worship. I, I, your worship is always to the Lord. And you stand before him and you minister to him. When, when Brian ministers to the Lord in the midst of the pain and circumstances that he might find himself in, but he chooses to take his focus off of those situations and those issues and put his focus on the Lord, then in a unique way that's, that's different from how Jeff would or Bridget would or, or anybody else would, in a unique way, all this happens at the same time, in a unique way when Brian stands up begins to bless the Lord, even though his heart is being broken and his heart is full of pain and his circumstances in his life none of us would want. He doesn't stand up and complain. He stands up and he praises and he blesses the Lord and that ministers to the heart of God, saying, you put your focus on me. I'll walk with you through the valley. I'll walk with you. That, that's, that's how you position yourself for the blessing of the Lord. You want to know how you position yourself for the curse? You can be blessed by the Lord, but yet experience the curse? Is get your eyes off of Jesus. Get your eyes on your circumstances. Get your eyes on your emotions. Get your eyes on what everybody else is doing. And these days, watch the news. But if you just change your focus, you just change your focus. See, I can't do that for him. He can't do it for me. I can't do it for you. And you can't do it for me. But I'm telling you this, we can all do it. And if we all do it, what happens is it's the first step of positioning us to walk in the blessing. Because the second part of that verse, the last couple words of it, is, is they stand before the Lord, minister to him, and then watch this, and then bless in his name. I can't bless in his name if I don't know how to worship his name. If his name is not mighty enough for me to get over my insecurities and bless him, then how in the world am I going to represent him? That's the problem with, the, with what's happening in the world. A lot of Unbelievers are seeing so-called believers representing a God they don't know how to bless. Carrying a name they don't have a whole lot of honor for. How do I know they don't have honor for it? They never read their Bible. Coming to the house of the Lord is a secondary issue. Ah, if I want to, if I don't, whatever. Obedience? Eh. Maybe later. But when we take serious the name of the Lord our God, all of a sudden his blessing begins to, to fall into the right place. 
And Jesus blessed us. We are blessed because of faith in Jesus Christ. But how we steward that and experience that blessing is all uh, upon your responsibility and to partner with God. And the first part is to live a lifestyle, not a Sunday style, a lifestyle. Your Sunday will look different when your week looks different. A lifestyle of I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to bless his holy name. I can't sing a lick, but I'm going to let it rip tater chip. And there's times that it's going to be coming kneeling before him and just weeping and repenting. There's times it's going to look different, but you're going to bless the Lord. You're going to bless the Lord. And then you're going to, and what God will do. And I believe this is, if you don't hear anything else, because I'm not, I'm not going to get done with hardly anything. I believe, hear this, I believe the Lord is, has been, and is repositioning those who have ears to hear, the remnant of those who have ears to hear, those who will not be distracted, those who will not be drawn off course to come. And I believe he's setting up, a, he's, he's coming back to a foundation. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken will remain. And we're coming back to that which cannot be shaken. You know what cannot be shaken? It's me standing before the Lord. You can put me in a prison. You can put me in a, in a you do whatever you want. I'll tell you what won't be shaken. My praise to the Lord. And I'm going to honor him and bless him. At all times, his praise will be in my mouth. So that I can then turn around and live a lifestyle that I can go as his representative and go to those who are in trouble and in burden. I can bless them in Jesus name. And so let me just share this with you real quick. Back to number six. The Lord bless you. Yahweh bless you. Yahweh bless you and keep you. See, he says, say this to them for, uh, for a long time. One of the things the Lord just spoke to me recently was I would pray this. I would pray over the church. I'd pray over the church family and I would pray, but it was like I was praying it to the Lord and the Lord reminded me of this, say this to them. And I thought, wow, I've kind of lost track of that. I would pray it. I would pray it. But I felt like the Lord was saying, no, you need to say this. You, as my representative, you need to say this. And you need to know what you're saying. Because you've been before my throne. You need to say this to them. So I don't, so as I'm ministering to God, I'm not praying the the I'm not praying this over people. I'm declaring this over people. I'm not praying, Lord, heal them. I'm declaring, be healed in Jesus' name. And the Lord promises that if we would say it, think about the awesome privilege of this. The Lord saying that if that I want you, I want you to represent me. And when you go say that, yep, even you. Got your nice blue sweater on, all cool up in church, but we know. <laughs> the real you when you that God wants to give you the responsibility of you can put God's word in your mouth and when you go stand before them because you stood before me God you're going to represent me to them and when you say the blessing that I give you when you say this to them I will work on account of your words if you got faith See, God is saying, I've got faith to bless them. Yeah. 
but I need someone coming in agreement with me to bless them. Oh, but you're too mad at them. You don't agree with them politically. So that makes sense. But if you would have a higher mindset and say, Lord, I stand before you and I first represent you, I'm a kingdom American. Then I will follow your spirit and I will go to those who need your blessing and I will represent you and I will say to them, not what I think, not what I feel and not my opinion, because that won't change diddly squat. But I'm going to say what you say, Lord. And when you say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you, what you're saying over them, what you're saying is, if you want the word, the, the one part of the definition of the word bless, you're saying, um, it, it, the definition means be prospered by the Lord. You, what you're saying is the Lord prosper you. There's no jealousy in that. There's no envy in that. You're saying the Lord prosper you. Prosperity in the kingdom of God is always for the purpose of generosity. Let me just say this. If you don't believe in prosperity, you need to repent. You need to repent. Some of you have attributed prosperity, when I say prosperity, to greed. No, disconnect that. The prosperity of God, the prosperity of our king, our God is a prosperous God. And when he says he wants to bless you, part of that blessing, part of the definitions, go look it up in Strong's Concordance if you think I'm lying. Part of that definition is to be prospered by God in material things. Matter of fact, rabbis of old would say of that first line of the Lord bless you and keep you. It's all material things. He wants you to accumulate in material things so that you can distribute to other people. And that second line that the Lord, uh, that his face would shine upon you and be gracious to you is talking about the heart and spiritual things. And that third line that the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom, give you peace is a combination of both. But because of poor examples, we shrink back and take biblical words and we let people redefine them for us and, and we hear and we weird things happen. So you need to first of all get in your heart, my God wants to prosper me. My God wants to prosper me. And if you feel like, well, that's selfish. What are you talking about? You've allowed the definition of prosperity to get redefined in your mind. You need to come back to the Lord. The Lord God wants to prosper you. He wants to bless you to be a blessing. Now, if you want to prosper so that you can prosper, then you have it messed up. It's blessed to be a blessing, to represent him. Sarah and I already have the joy. We, we give, we give above our tithe and we love doing it. We love walking up to people and, and giving checks and doing stuff. And I'm telling you in Jesus name, it's going to happen. I'm telling you, I can't wait to go up to somebody and write a check. I can't, I can't wait to go up and just the joy of the Lord to be able to go up and be like, here, ma'am, sir, it might be y'all. I don't know. You're, um, cause I like that blue sweater, man. It might be y'all. <laughs> I could write the check now, but just you're gonna have to wait a couple of, wait wait to cash it. <laughs> but your house is paid off. The Lord loves you. Bless you. The Lord bless you. Because it's a verb, it's an action. It's an action. It's not just an emotion. Oh, the Lord bless you. Oh. 
No, it's the Lord bless you. Your car is paid off. Your house is paid off. The Lord bless you. And the Lord keep you. And it'd be so cool that I'm not sitting there like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do about the money? See, here's how you know you're not trusting the blessing of the Lord. If when you finally have money, you so hoard it and you're so scared and fearful you're going to lose it, that you're not willing to give it. Money is not the important thing. It's the relationship with God knowing he can prosper you. He's your source. So when he says the Lord bless you and keep you, he's talking about prospering you. Prospering you and protecting you. We all need to be people that says the Lord has prospered me. So we don't have to like lie and steal and scheme and be like the world to try to get away. Way too many businesses doing it the world's way, trying to get ahead. And all you're doing is getting behind. And if you do it the Lord's way, he would prosper you. It is God's will for you to prosper. It is God's will for you to prosper. I'm not even going to go to the rest of it. It is God's will for you to prosper. It is God's will for you to be debt free. I am not saying go chase money. I am not saying use God to get money. Money is not a sign of righteousness. Money is neither a trophy nor a toy. Money is a tool. And I'm telling you right now, as your pastor, and at the end of the service, I'm going to pray a blessing over you. I know not. I'm going to declare a blessing over you. And you can declare it over your family. And you declare it. And I'm, I'll have to next week unpack the rest of this because there's a whole lot more I want to get into and ain't got there yet. Matter of fact, just to give y'all some, some evidence that I am landed this thing, worship team, come on up. I want you to get it in your heart before, before we spend a little bit of time of you coming before the Lord to worship him and thank him. I want you to get it in his heart that it is God's will for you to prosper. And whatever kind of worldly or secular or evil or selfish or greedy Elements that through the years you've allowed to be attached to that word prosper to make it sound like prosper is is a bad word. I know there's people who misrepresent it. You watch TV and people say, you know, for $9.99 you can come get. I know there's a bunch of goofy stuff on TV. So turn that off and go to the word. And when you go to the word, God's word is the Lord bless you. See, for years, I lived with the mentality of he didn't want to bless me. Almost like God was obligated to bless me because he was God, but he really didn't want to bless me. Because I wasn't worthy of it. So I try to do better and I try to do good and I try to do all this stuff. Maybe then I'd be worthy of God's blessing. And I've been to the other side, guys. I've been to the other side. I've been to the other side over here where, where I've had a, a, a Christian version of a spirit of entitlement. Where I look at God the way some people look at government. And I was like, 
God, you should bless me. <laughs> you, you, do, you should do it. And I just would be inactive and I would be passive and I would be irresponsible. And I just wonder month after month, God, why are you not blessing me? God, why are you not blessing me? Let me tell you what happened. <laughs> looked up one day, as the Lord talked to me, I won't tell you the whole story, but the Lord talked to me, looked up one day. He told me to calculate how much debt you're in. Why would you want to do that? Let's not talk about that. It's like, calculate how much debt you're in. So I sat down and did it. And I'm talking not my house payment, not including a house payment. This was three and a half years ago. Not including a house payment. Sarah and I were $53,000 in debt. Not including a house payment. And I was like, ugh. And he started speaking to me things that I knew, but I wasn't hearing it from a responsible sense. Because I was tithing the whole time and even giving the whole time. Matter of fact, I gave many times when the Lord said, ah, don't give. And when I repented, Sarah didn't have to repent. It was probably all my fault. <laughs> and it's not $53,000 of like Sarah and I going on vacations and just spending. It was like the car breaks down. The other car breaks down. This thing happens. We need a new air conditioner. We don't have any money in savings. I'm talking about that kind of stuff. That life happens and you, and you just, you, you don't have it in reserve and you got to go put it on the credit card. It was that kind of stuff. $53,000 in debt. And I repented. Because I allowed insecurity and a fear, a fear of some ungodly prosperity. It was a prosperity that I believed in, but I didn't know how to experience it because of the distortions that were assigned to it that I'd learned in my life. Fearful of this, fearful of that. Fearful of what anybody else might say. And so we repented. And with the Lord leading us and being, I'm talking about, you talk about a budget. We went on a budget. It was like, you know, it was the hardest thing to be like, no Chick-fil-A. <laughs> but we, we began to do that and walked faithfully in tithing and in sowing. So the beginning of the month, we tithe. At the end of the month, Lord, how much of this do you want us to sow? Show us what is bread. Show us what is seed. And we begin to sow seed to believe the Lord. And supernatural things would happen. And you had a part of some of that. And different people, supernatural things would happen. And in about three years, about three years, except for the house, we, we get debt free. And, and yeah, listen, I'm, I'm glad y'all are clapping. And some of y'all, all oh, the church probably paid for it. No, it didn't. And I'm telling you that because I am your pastor, but God is, and Sarah and I are your pastors, but God has put us here uh, to be lead examples for you. And the first thing that's got to be broken if you want to position yourself to walk in the blessing of the Lord so that you can go and say to somebody, the Lord bless you and keep you. And you can be, uh, you can be a, a, a representative of heaven, an ambassador for Christ 
representing him in this fallen world. You don't just have to go say a nice little prayer, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. You can go with a $100,000 check in your hand and say the Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. It's a verb. The Lord bless you. Here's this meal. Here's this food. Well, pastor, I don't have $100,000. Well, maybe he's telling you to do $100,000. You give your tithe unto the Lord. The tithe is the Lord's. Don't, don't touch the tithe. The tithe is the Lord's. But above the tithe, you begin to say, okay, Lord, lead me in this. Show me this. I believe it's your desire to bless me. But you're going to give me ideas. You're going you're gonna to show me things. You're, so I'm not going to be uh, with a sense of entitlement over here being like, like Lord, I'm going to sit home and just collect the check. Now, that's not what it's about. It's about partnership. It's about empowerment. It's about the Lord getting you to get up out of your bed, get to work early, stay at work late, do the things that you need to do, be the best wherever you're supposed to be. Go and serve the Lord. Represent the Lord there. If you're cleaning toilets, make it the best toilet there is. If you're flipping burgers, make it the best burger it is. Stop complaining. Stop murmuring. Stop being the victim. Stop all that nonsense and recognize I am blessed of the Lord. He blesses the work of my hands. I am blessed of the Lord. He's empowered me to do something. He's empowered me to be something. And my prosperity is not about me. The prosperity of the Lord upon my life is not about me. It's actually about moving through me to reach other people. I am, I am, I've heard so many people in the last few months talk about uh, all these people in need and all these people and, and, and don't even realize people come to me and, and said stuff like, you don't even, you know, the church needs to do stuff. It's like, you don't even know what the church does. There are people in this church. This church has helped numerous people with money. Numerous people with money. Amen. And then the the people not, not connected to the bank account of the church. Let me tell you what the people have done in this church. The people who know that God's called them to prosper. They get together with other people. They go buy people vehicles. They go, they go pay off bills for people. They bring supply to people and the church budget has nothing to do with it because they're empowered people who are called to empower people. I want you to get it in your heart as we, I want you to get it in your heart and all this week, I want you to seek the Lord about it. Read numbers. I'll finish the rest of it next week. I want you to read numbers six and I want you to get it in your heart. Get it deep into your heart and anything that rises up to fight it, I want you to grab it by its neck and I want you to break it and bring that, bring that thing into obedience to Christ. It is the Lord's will for you to prosper. Being blessed of the Lord, part of the definition of being blessed of the Lord means prospered by God. Get rid of the bitterness. Get rid of the distortions. And like a little child, Believe him to prosper you as you partner with him and walk with him. So I'd like you to stand to your feet. We're going to go into a time. We're going to go into a time of worship. And this is not a concert. This is a time of worship. And. In a few minutes, during one of the worship songs, in a few minutes, I'm going to come back up and and call the altar team up, and we're going to have a time to pray for you. We're not going to do that right now. This is a time right now for you to stand before the Lord. 
Let everybody else go away from you. Let everybody else just go away from your mind. I want you to worship the Lord. The Lord God who desires to bless you and to keep you and to protect you. To shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. To lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That God. Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the God of and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is calling you to reposition yourself. Reposition yourself at his throne. To get comfortable with coming to the throne of God. Whatever that looks like for you. To humble yourself before him. To repent. If there's sin in your life. If there's sin in your life and you know you need to come back to God, then come back to God. Repent of it and open your heart wide before him and begin to minister before him. Begin to minister before the Lord. And then in a little bit, we'll come up and have a time of prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we just bless you, God. We bless you and we honor you, God. And your people come this morning to bless your holy name. We thank you for your plans for us. We thank you for your desire for us, God. That you've chosen us, God. And you've made a way for us to come before you. Help us, God, to refocus. Help us, God, to see you clearly. Help us, God, put off the flesh. And worship at your feet. So we come to bless you, God. We come to thank you. We come to praise you. You are good and your mercy endures forever. And we are repositioning ourselves to represent you well. We're not representing John Aiken. We're not representing some denomination or even some church. We represent you. So, Father, help us and teach us to worship as we stand before your throne in Jesus name just worship him church just worship him